Driven Society podcast. This is Franz Bowen. This is Trav Weeks. And, you know, we're in the uh, Driven Society podcast remotely <laughs> um, because of uh, quarantine. And I'm being quarantine, quarantine, being berated and humiliated by a very lovely <laughs> and talented, amazing writer, host, extraordinaire, producer, producer, producer. Humanity. Entrepreneur. Entrepreneur queen. You know Quarantine queen. Quarantine. <laughs> Quarantine queen. And everything in between. <laughs> you got uh L Young in the building. Um, sound effects. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm gonna put that in in post. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. How are oh, you? Man. Thank you guys for having me. We're Absolutely. We're trying to, we're, we're trying to um, get you on here for at least like two seasons, but you know, be popping and shit. You got to trust God's timing. You know, it's not always about your timing. It is so God's timing. Wait. Maybe wait for y'all. We, had to, we literally had to wait for the apocalypse. <laughs> and then y'all was like, oh yeah, sure. Uh, I'll do it now. I don't know where to run and hide. It makes it really hard to say no to people these days. Exactly, right? It's like, uh, you know, it's like yeah. if the second company don't happen 50. by Thursday, yeah, uh, I literally can't go outside. Might as well do it. Not, it's not yours. Nah, it's all good. It's all good. But yeah, thanks I'll for all love. To, to see what this podcast has shaped up to be. You know, can't just, just join up. In any old interview, and just put myself out there. With yeah, that's this is true. true. I mean, and we're doing real well. You know what I'm saying? I'm home, Travis home and drinking. You know, <laughs> I don't even want to say what time it is. Just yeah. hopefully, when you're listening, it's a time that is appropriate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. So yeah, Danielle, you know we're gonna we we want to um, you know ingratiate yourself with our oh. audience. You know is that your word of the day? It was. It's on the calendar. Wow, I'm proud. Ingratiate. Yeah. What do you want to ingratiate? Your. We like to ingratiate your uh, history with our audience. Okay. Everybody to know, you know, who you are, and um, you know how you got started in this uh, digital storytelling sphere. Sphere. What was the word you just used? Sphere. 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 Oh, <laughs> that was like a very that sphere is a really good word. I love the word. Absolutely, yeah. Because it seems like you um. Well, we've all been watching and like to see you evolve um from. I know you did writing and you yes, wrote different been, media it's platforms. Been some time. So um, now it's like you're your own platform. So that's amazing. So please, please show tell the audience tell us like where did it start. What was the first thing that like triggered for you to get in even to the media space first? Um, so many questions. I feel like I'm two from you, two from Franz. Let's see. Um, where did I get started? Can we start there? Or how did I get started? Well, yep. yeah. How did you get started? Okay, how yeah. did I get started? Because when when we met, you were at the root, I believe. Yeah, and that was only a couple years ago. I was at the root between like 2016 and 2018, I believe. Um, so that was a really cool transition because I started my um, journalism career like freelancing mainly. 
um, writing here, writing there, um, doing interviews every chance I could get. I was a receptionist when I first moved to New York. Mm. So receptionist gig is really, it's, it's, it's a nice gig. You sit there at the desk, you're pleasant, you answer the phones, but it, le- it does leave a lot of time for you to be able to like, you know, do other things. I don't know if that's a good thing to say. <laughs> so, I mean, I'm on my computer, I'm writing stories, I'm interviewing. So like, I was starting to do a lot of work that way um, as I was working a day job. And then I would get to go to a lot of parties because of the place that I was uh, a receptionist at was a PR company. I worked mm. for the health side. It was a a really big PR company and one, they had a department that was mostly like, you know, like a Johnson and Johnson. They represented stuff like that, right? Mm. Um, but because of my email address, I was able to start RSVPing to parties. Nice. Um, like it, it only took a couple parties before I was like, okay, yeah, let me like meet this person. That, that person. That's a New York City hack, by the way, too. Yeah. <laughs> parties was a really, and, and, and still, not still, but parties have given me a really unique way to connect with people mm-hmm. um, in, a, in a relaxed, cool space that has given me different types of relationships mm-hmm. um, within the professional space. So that's yep. a lot of the reasons why I've been able to like get where I have gotten has been because of my relationships. Like every, yep. every time I like actually look at a different job, I've never actually applied for it. Um, wow. I was working at Hello Beautiful, which was my very first actual job job within the space um, yep. without having it be freelance and, you know, just doing articles here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, that I got through a friend of mine who told me that they were hiring. And she was like, yeah, I know the editor, da 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 um, I'll just introduce you guys. I think your writing's great. I love you. So I'll just pass this along. Um, and nice. she passed along her email. Yeah, she passed along her email. Um, and we spoke. I gave her some samples. I came in and I ended up um, doing some writing for this site called Black Atlas, like a travel mm-hmm. site. Um, mm-hmm. And it was like owned by Nelson George. I don't know if you guys know Nelson George. He's like a historical legend, journalist, producer in the game. Um, oh, not familiar. I'm gonna do my research. you sure. he's like one of those people. You're like, oh, that guy. Like, okay. Because mm. it does sound vaguely familiar for some reason, Nelson. Yeah, because he he does a lot. He does a lot of things. You'll see. Um, mm-hmm. But he was running that site. But basically, I was writing for that. I thought that I would be traveling, but it was just like, girl, no, just do your research and write about these amazing places. Right. Um, but that's also a lesson in like humbling myself. <laughs> <laughs> so I was doing all of that and she loved what I did so much with it that she trusted bringing me along to Hello Beautiful. Cause I thought the original opportunity was for Hello Beautiful. Mm. So I was able to go into that space of Hello Beautiful where they were mostly gossip and celebrity at the time uh, and help shift it be more all-encompassing to have a lifestyle section so it did more fitness and health and travel wellness all these other things um that black women care about because the black women's site mm-hmm. and that was like my first foray into professional digital journalism nice. and it was getting to help build something yep. um, and then even the next step was where you guys where i met you guys where i was working at the root same mm. thing a friend of mine was like oh we're looking for a lifestyle editor and I was like, oh, okay. But I was kind of interested in seeing like what else I could do. Mm-hmm. I took the meeting anyway. Turns out the, the position was for a temporary social content producer. I didn't know what that was. Uh, <laughs> I know content. I know social. I was like, yeah, I can create 
content for social, had a great meeting, got hired on the spot. Wow. And I was like, oh. it was, um, I'm sorry, it was her name was Amy Dubrod there, there at that time? No, I think that's we, her name. we've always okay. like just missed each other at different. Got it. It's mm. a lot of black people come through the same spaces and media, the BETs, the inner, um, the I1 digital, like a lot of people come through the yep. same space, but sure. Yeah, we know um the Tavio I one too. Like it's a small circle, small world, but yeah, yeah the media people is actually pretty small, and you do meet a lot of the same people in the space, and so that's why mm. like the relationships thing is so important, and that's Indeed. like like I said, how I got all my media jobs. It's how I got my job at the Root. It's how I got my job at Essence. Right after the Root, mm. everything has been organically relationships. Nice. What was nice, question? nice. <laughs> <laughs> but now you actually, um, you kind of hit the nail on the head um, <laughs> with um, relationship building, how you just navigated the space through there. Um, but there was like a, at that point, let me ask you a question. Were you just writing just to, you know, either, you know, cover the column or cover the topics? Like what was the process in finding your own voice? Right. Because there was that before we get to that shift of when you became your own platform, how did you find your own voice through your writing? Hmm. You know, that's a great question. I always like I very much care about content. So I've always been like Mm. there's always been a a certain level of like. I don't know, heart that I put into the stuff that I do, but I don't think I really actually found my voice until I got to the root. Um. And that had a lot to do with the leadership. Um, I came mm. in under Lynn Pitts. I love Lynn Pitts and Donna Bird, who was uh, like one of the founders, the publisher of The Root. Um, really mm. strong, powerful Black women, really strong um, minds and great, great, powerful leadership. And they really helped like shape the type of like, the type of way that I wanted to address Blackness. Um, yep without it being angry, without it, you know, like they really helped me hone in on that. And then the leadership shifted and Danielle Belton became the editor in chief of The Root. And she really drove in the heavy opinion, um, you know, mm. like very much putting us as the personality nice. into the pieces. So like, that's why Michael Harriet, like those type of pieces that show up the you know very smart brothers like those type of things that show up like you really love that and she really helped shape the root into that and so between working from them and transitioning into her and having that position as a social content producer I understood where my my voice was going to be in 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 as far as like covering blackness is concerned Mm. And given the chance to explore, that's why I was like, you know, follow, like really honing in on the leadership part of it, because you have to have strong leadership in these type of like spaces, websites, media, Mm -hmm. because it matters how you lead the team. I would have never been Mm -hmm. able to have the success that I had at The Root digitally, like my video numbers, if I didn't have those type of leaders that believed in giving people the chance to try stuff. Mm -hmm. So I was doing like, weekly Facebook lives where it was focused on different black topics that were timely because like, Oh, we're talking about black fathers because you know, father's day is coming up. Like let's really talk about what it means. Show different representations of black fatherhood. 
steps. It might seem very simple, but at that time, and even now, I think it's still important to see that, like with representation, because this was before people started talking about that kind of stuff. Yeah. And understanding the importance of seeing a dad and his kid just on your feed having a conversation. Um, And so like, that was really something that, that experience and having the space to experiment, the dope leadership and just the exuberance around blackness, Mm -hmm. that really helped shape my voice. And then that led into like judge of characters where like I was doing a lot of producing of this video content, you know, giving you um, a series that I really love called Out Loud, where it was like thoughts and feelings that Black people have about all types of topics out loud. You were a part I was of that. On, yeah, that, that was yeah, well, I remember that. Yeah, like that kind of stuff. And then it led into me being in front of the camera and doing things like Judge of Characters, which really started going viral. Like I wasn't oh. doing like, <laughs> I was doing like a million minimum. Mm. Um, seven wow. million is the most that I've ever gotten off of one of those videos. And I'm just like, wow, (laughs) people really care about Black issues, but also about someone actually championing for Black people instead of, you know what I mean? Instead of dragging or whatever, it's like an actual celebration of every part of our like full lives. So that's what really, I think what really helped shape my voice. so it's interesting that you brought that up because I was actually a part of one of those. I think it was um like what is Black Boy Joy or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. And I wanted to. I created it. <laughs> I don't even want to be like, <laughs> like, because that was the thing. I remember it was Chance the Rapper was like hosting at the MTV. I can't remember which awards, but I wrote about it. It was a couple years ago. Mm-hmm. and he was just so adorable and I wrote to my boss I was like to to my point earlier about Danielle Belton like really awesome bosses I wrote to her and I was like mm-hmm. in the middle of the night I said I just watched him Chance the Rapper he was really cute I want to do like a piece about like joy like black boys and and like young black men and actually getting a chance to be joyful mm-hmm. and at the time you remember when like Chance the Rapper was really breaking through yeah like, yep he kind of represented like a different type of black mm. malehood. Like he's yeah. always publicly loving God. Yep. Um, he was happy. His rap like skills were, well, not skills, his rhymes were more about him specifically. Like even talking about God, talking about his, the mother of his children, talking, you know, like yeah. it wasn't like us. And this and that. So Chance the Rapper to me represented something that we didn't always get to see. Mm-hmm. And so I wanted to talk about that. And she was like, I love that idea. Go ahead and go do it. And so I put like Black Boy Joy and I wrote about it and talked about him being like all, representing all these things of like yep. young malehood and all that. And he tweeted it and then uh, started wow. tweeting the hashtag Black Boy Joy and started sharing pictures of himself. And I was like, wow. Oh. But then people started <laughs> saying, Chance the Rapper creates Black Boy Joy. That's crazy. I didn't know that originated with you. Yo, we just got an exclusive. Just now. wow. I know Daniel exactly Young made Black the, Boy Joe. I know exactly Listen, what's going on the promo for the episode. I, I didn't feel like I made it. I never felt like I made. I do like look looking back. It's so funny because my coworker at the time, Aisha Callahan, um, and she's my mentor. She was like, "Yeah, you should have trademarked that." Blah blah blah. Because we did a we used to have a podcast on the route, and we interviewed mm. Young Dad Matthew Knowles. 
and he was, you know, he's very business minded, obviously. Yep. And he was talking yeah. about, you know, trademarking your ideas, this and that. And she like kind of sold me out and was like, and Danielle lost Black Boy Joy because she didn't trademark yeah. it. And da, da, da. and I just felt like, oh, Black Boy, you know, now I know. But it was like, yeah. these are that exist. Like, I'm sure yeah. they existed on Twitter at some point. But I don't think so. Thing. I mean, hey, it, you not as bad. Little Wayne never uh, got bling. So, bling, bling. Yeah, yeah, like you gotta be smart about it. Like if if I don't know if Cardi B has trademarked O'Kurt by now, but I'm sure yeah. or like right. you, you like you just have to like even though it is a word that exists. Franz, that goes back to Dev's point when Dev Dev was saying it's like. A lot of the time, black people, we're not thinking about the business side of shit. We're just doing cool shit that, yeah. from our hearts. And we're not thinking about, you know what I mean? And then we get taken advantage of later. Like, we're not even knowing that this is about to be a phenomenon because a, yeah, this is just us. Now that people are using social media, like, had, like I have an Instagram series now um, for just interviewing people that are, uh, like, post on the, like, finger on the pulse of culture kind of stuff, right? And so I had the young girl, mm-hmm. Kiara, who created the Savage Challenge, who everybody in their mom wow. has done. I had, she was my very, I think she was my second episode. Wow. Um, and I just was like, oh, this girl. And I said, oh, she created the Savage Challenge. And like, nobody was really paying that much attention to her. Just a young black girl on TikTok making dances up because that's what you do when you're 17. Yeah. And it just so happened that that one went viral and Megan picked it up. People started doing Janet's doing it. Carrie Washington, everybody's doing it. And so it became- Jessica Alba, I've seen everybody do it. Everybody. It's become a conversation where people aren't getting, like to our point, aren't getting their credit. And it's up to us to give these people their credit. If we're creating the culture, let's tag the people. Mm -hmm. Mm. At the very least, we can know like, oh, Mm. oh, she did that. Okay, yeah, I like that. Give yeah. the girl the credit. And plus, nowadays, with all of this stuff going viral, your following goes up. Mm-hmm. Your chances of getting sponsorship obviously goes up. Brand dollars for sure. Able, yeah, you know, like this girl could, she wants to be a choreographer. This is giving her a step up. Wow. Into mm-hmm. like getting a chance to have a future. And kids, like, come on, people, though. I agree. Are, I agree. At the very least, she should at least be tagged or hashtagged for, for sure. sure. Yeah, people like us deserve to get the credit for just creating culture. Yeah. And I think that, like, that has become, and it's always been a part of what I wanted to do this journalism thing for, is to help tell our stories. I've always wanted to do that. That's what got me in love with it in the first place. But now mm. I know that the extra thread of that is to amplify, is to make sure that people are aware. Like, I get a chance to help contribute to the world, to culture, to history by letting people know that this happened. Yeah. That's the coolest part of journalism to me. And then that's why I feel now that I'm betting on myself and I don't have a job at a company, I get the freedom to say like, yeah, I love journalism. I love the like producing and writing and doing all this digitally. But now I get to mm-hmm. step out and do it in so many different ways. Podcasting, writing for TV and film, doing just experimenting and it's fun yeah. it's, it's scary <laughs> but i'm having yeah. i'm having a good time getting to create like on my own terms so, absolutely i mean you you like you said you were really early on the whole um 
you know, social viral way when it comes to being able to tell authentic stories or reporting, but marrying that with video, right? And like now, since we're in a climate of, you know, I mean, content has always been king, but now it's like all we have, you know, and mm -hmm. the, the quality, now you're really seeing like the wheat separate itself from the chaff, like the quality or of the content um, is, is what's really driving like those views and those numbers and stuff like that. Can you talk a little bit about, you know, sifting for that quality content or, or having a piece of content and, and um, giving it that, that aesthetic to make it uh, more valuable to, to the end uh, consumer? Um, that is, hmm. I'm not even really sure how to answer that because that's literally not anything that I care about. Hmm. I've never hmm. cared about, um, like, and, and not, not to make that, I don't want that to sound flippant. I've always just cared about the story and getting it accurate and I don't know, palatable. I don't know. Let me think about that. Can you ask me the question again? Yeah, I'll, I'll ask it a different way. So, because you, you're you're really good at telling a story or making it compelling enough to draw people to it, and then those people are also sharing it, right? Because um, it's different. It's it's moderately easy to get people to come look at yourself, but to be able to share it, to you know, to share the good news, is yeah. Difficult. So is there, what I was asking was, is, is there a special formula that you have? Okay, yeah. So that's, I think when that's When you're putting together was, your stories and stuff? Yeah, I think that's why it was hard for me to answer that because no, there is not a formula for me. Mm -hmm. me Even in like choosing the, the type of story you want to tell? No, it's not strategic. Mm. Um, and it's not for me to try to get numbers. I would like, I remember um, my very first job at Hello, Hello Beautiful, our chief content officer at the time was Smokey Fontaine. Love Smokey Fontaine. Um, he goes <laughs> what they used to call. My <laughs> <laughs> oh, bad, y'all couldn't resist. Um, <laughs> but he, he um, I remember sitting with him on like my first week and he talked about, um, making sure because he said your stuff performs just make sure that you lean on providing what performs and i thought about that and i was like mm, i'm just gonna create what i find interesting and i know other people are gonna care about it mm. and it wasn't that i was trying mm. to be automatically anti i just knew that's the first time i realized that numbers were very important mm. um yeah. in the digital space but i was like I don't want to focus on that. I've never focused mm. on how I can drive numbers. I've always just focused on the content. Um, because mm -hmm. for me, like, I just care so deeply about content, whether it's written, whether it's audio, whether it's visual, like, I just really like the idea of shaping something out of like a bunch of stuff. Like that is just mm. so cool to me that I get to like construct. So I think that's been my main concern, um, mm -hmm. which made it hard to kind of answer that because I don't have a formula and I don't have a, um, that's just not my MO. Mm. And right. it, I, I think, think that's so phenomenal. 
Hmm. Sorry, dude, what you saying? No, I was just saying, I think that's so phenomenal that you didn't play. Well, I know probably maybe somewhat you had to, but you, top of mind for you was not playing the numbers game that you knew that whatever resonated with you would resonate with the larger audience and you stayed true to that. You know what I'm saying? I think that's Yeah, because I had to trust that dope. sensibility. I didn't know that I had that. Mm. But once I realized that, oh, people actually care about this thing. It's just something, and it's, it's, it's I don't want to say weird. It's, um, it's interesting even now because the things that I lean into are the things that I'm like, oh, I want to do that. It's a, it's a feeling for me. Mm. Yeah, my mom said. Go ahead. I'm sorry. Now I was saying. Um, um, I remember asking my mom one time, like, why do you think Oprah is so successful? Like, how? Why is Oprah's voice out of all these voices out here? Why does she resonate right. with everybody the way she does? Like, what what makes her so special that she just resonate? My mom just simply put it up, like, because she's living in her purpose, like, simply as that. You know what I mean? And I, I and I see that for you as well. Oh listen yes i i fully i fully believe that for myself as well i used to be like i used to shy away from that kind of stuff but no i know like that is really something that's happening and being in the presence of someone like oprah and hearing her and hearing the things that she says and she always wants everybody to find that for themselves like that's not she don't she don't want to be the only one just like out here living and walking in her dream and her purpose and things like that but it's it's hard for people that conversation is such a deep conversation because it's hard for people everywhere everyone to all feel like that they're able to have dreams and that they're able to go for it but honest to goodness it is true um it just you just not every circumstance is easy not everybody has you know whatever but everybody does have the space to to dream and to do and I'm just, I think I'm blessed enough to have seen that and have just gone for it early and just Absolutely. stayed on it too, because that's another thing, like stay in the path is, is tough. Um, yeah. and, and getting to a dream and being like, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> like having to shift, like what the dream is, having to like reimagine, having to, you know, that's a that's a part a major part of it too. Can you share a lemon to lemonade story from your career? Like something that wasn't like super ideal in the beginning, but you were able to like finesse it to, to make it more, you know, comfortable for yourself and it ended up. Um, lemons to lemonade. I mean this quarantine. Hmm. I think <laughs> I've had I've had quite a lot of career lemons in my life. Um, but that to me, like thinking back on those moments and trying to see like what did I what did I do? How did I turn? That was just a moment of like just keep going. Um, all those moments like that I think about that were lemons essentially. But this quarantine has like stopped everything. Mm-hmm. I had plans. I had jobs lined up. I had money coming. Um, mm-hmm. And all of that is gone as if it never existed in the first place. And I'm sad about that. Um, I'm stressed about that because I have to figure out how to survive and I have to also, you know, create and, and want to create. Mm-hmm. Um, and so like, 
I think those are a lot of lemons. <laughs> Indeed. And, and, and I've, I've been able to say, okay, what are my talents and how can I use them right now and, and use them to feel good? And to, cause I love working. I love being busy. I love creating. And so I was just like, how can I do this now? Especially one being in a quarantine and two being unemployed. Mm -hmm. uh, and so I love social media. I have a good time scrolling and laughing and talking to my friends and sharing and whatever. So I was like, why don't I just lean into Instagram? I love conversations. I love interviews. Let's do yep. some interviews. And then I'm, I'm like, who do I interview? And I just start reaching out to folks, start DMing people and people are responsive and people, and it's not because, oh, the people just answer DMs. It is because of the work that I've put in and the relationship Absolutely. that I have built over all these years of being in this career and being a journalist. So it's mm. not out of the blue. I don't want to set that up as a, you know, a false narrative. It's years of work, but I'm still reaching out based on the relationships that I've created and people are saying yes. And so Amazing. I'm surprising myself with who I'm able to book. Like I'm booked solid for my Instagram interview series real quick for through the first week of May um, to wow. do a recording every week. And these are really quality guests. Like I just did Lena Waithe. I was about to say, I was about to say Lena Waithe one. That was amazing. We did a talk oh with God. her. That was powerful. <laughs> I that felt was like, thank you. I felt like such a vessel for God's work. And mm -hmm. I, I just sat there and chatted with someone who I admire and even talking to her about, you know, how people lift her up on this pedestal and just like hearing the, the actual feelings of somebody's heart instead of listening to or reading uh, an interview that feels just, you know, like maybe they trying to be vulnerable, but it's fluffy and you know, it's fluffy and everybody mm. runs with the same quote. Yep. I appreciate really being able to have the, the gift of, um, I think have the gift of creating the space that people feel comfortable enough to get super vulnerable and open. Um, and people, you know, they, they say a lot of things oh, you're the next Oprah, this and that. And that is such an honor because God knows I love me Oprah, me some Oprah. But to one of the things she always says, you are here to master your domain. Mm -hmm. I'm not here to be her. She used to want to be yep. Barbara Walters back in the day. <laughs> she always said that. <laughs> but it wasn't until she realized who she was and what she could do that it all aligned for her. And it was such a, like otherworldly will never be repeated again ascension mm -hmm. that has created the conglomerate that is Oprah Winfrey Absolutely. that is admirable and I love her for it I'm not her I admire mm -hmm. her career I admire Lena I admire Queen Latifah I admire Issa Natasha Rothwell like I have a list Regina Hall Regina King Yep. I have lists of people, but I'm never going to be them. Mm. And I get, you know, I get a lot of times in my inbox, people um, wanting to, how did you get here? How did you do this? How did you do that? And I don't have answers for those questions because those are specific to my journey. Mm. Like sure. I can tell you like how I told you guys, I got these jobs through relationships. 
that's just specific to me. Like maybe something different might work for you, but I can give you that tool, but you're not, I think people would want to um, duplicate your result right. as opposed to like the actual journey of it. Um, so they see the shininess right. that I'm sitting down with Lena Waithe or they see the shininess that I get to interview Oprah. They're like, oh, how did you get here? And I'm like, I can't tell you about my 13 year journey <laughs> of being a journalist Word. and have that be the thing. I, like, so I'm, I'm always like, I hesitant on how to answer that. And now I realized it's because you're supposed to master your domain. So you need to figure out what it is that you actually want to do. You can't just come to me. I want to do what you're doing. I'm doing a lot of different things, which you want to do all of the things that are like, what is specifically what you want so that you can understand how to like, okay, that's how I get to that. Otherwise you're actually trying to carbon copy someone in order to get the same result. And it's just not going to happen. I feel like I'm I agree. Talk. My bad. No, no, no. We want was, that. Yeah, for sure. That and, was a gospel. And, uh, for sure. And I agree 100%. But I do want to ask for our audience, what are, if you can like share maybe two to three, what are some relationship building um, um, keys that you may be able to share of mm-hmm. how, how does one build strong relationships over time to be able to be in a position you are now that you have shifted from you know, working for other platforms now, you are the platform in a sense um, because you do such amazing work and people know your brand and they know for you for you. Um, what are some key relationship building um, um, tips that you can share? Um, key relationship building. Um, it, I mean, I guess it should never be like about what somebody can do for you. Mm. Um, because that's just automatically really selfish and like this world is hard enough for you to like come go around looking for what somebody could actually give you um you need to bring value to the table if you bring nothing to the table and you're just blindly looking for somebody because you've seen the interview oprah so you think that i can get you a record deal? I don't know. I get a lot of mixed <laughs> <I just, laughs> Really? That's yeah. crazy. So I'm just like, no, you're doing it wrong. Um, so you should automatically really check yourself with that. What is it that you're bringing to the table? And then honestly, that's the way that this whole thing all works anyway. If you're mm. bringing stuff to the table, if you're consistent and, and bringing quality, there's no way in this world that that won't go, uh, like that, 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 that will go unnoticed. You will definitely get somebody's attention with quality, consistent work. Because I don't Mm -hmm. have any kind of magic wand that I wave over myself before I put content out, before I sit down to do an interview. Like I pray or whatever, but like I don't have any sprinkling of magic that gets my stuff more seen than your stuff. I know that I'm consistent and I know that I bring quality, which has thus given me a trusted voice. Um over the years, you know, which is, which makes it easier for me to say, oh, hey, I would love to do an interview with you. And they actually respond. So I think that relationship wise, if you're bringing it to the table and not expecting somebody to give to you without you giving, you know, the whole cycle, um, that's very important. 
um, creating relationships that are actually, well, I guess that goes back to not wanting to take from someone, but creating relationships that are genuine. Um, this industry is like, I think we said earlier, it's really, it's a really small industry and mm-hmm. you're going to constantly see a lot of the same people. And be, also because of how, I don't want to say how big it's gotten, but how the digital space is is shifting to do so much more. There's more than YouTube now. There's more than a Twitter. There's more than, there's so many different space spaces to be in mm-hmm. um, that I feel like, I don't know. Lost my train of thought. Sorry. It's all good. <laughs> I literally lost it's my all good. train of thought. Um, but no, it's all, you answered the question. I mean, yeah, be, be genuine, have something to bring to the table. That's what I was originally saying, yes. Um, the beautiful, genuine thing. But yeah, be yeah. genuine, have something to bring to the table. Don't be looking to just take um, from people mm. and be consistent. <laughs> take people mm. out to coffee. I mean, Oh God, when we can leave the house. <laughs> yeah, whenever, no, right. <laughs> when we can do that again, for sure. When we can actually get out, because those used to be really awesome ways too that I would connect, you know, for lunch and for drinks and, you know, making sure that people are aware of what you're working on. Because mm-hmm. um, mm-hmm. sometimes it's bigger than just sending them your media kit or your one sheet, like meeting up and like use those connects that you've met at that party, mm-hmm. but take them out. Actually hit them up. Yep. Yeah, they can make, you know, whatever it is that they like, because I'm pretty sure you'll see them on social media. Like, they might like coffee, they might like champagne, they might like, like be creative. That sticks mm, out. Mm, mm. You know what I mean? Like, when you put forth some effort into actually getting to know somebody, almost like you're dating somebody, you know? Yep. Provide them with something that they would actually like. Agree. That's great advice. Um, Your Instagram is so exciting. <laughs> <laughs> what, what, um, throughout your whole journey, what has been some highlight highlighted moments, whether it be meeting Oprah or interviewing? Yes. Who? What's a, share? Just share with us, please. Some um, just some dope moments that you just won't ever forget. That's on your wall of like you know, just of your journey. Wall of fame. <laughs> wall of fame moments. Um, always meeting those uh, the iconic black folks that's always been on our screen since we've been little. Mm. But those moments mm-hmm. are always so dope. The Samuel L. Jackson oh, um, moments that I've, I've moments wow. that I've had um, meeting uh, Whoopi. Whoopi mm. like up to me and read my shirt. I had on this shirt that had like a lot of the Shiro's on it, um, and she was just like reading it. And I was like, "This is so dope." She's just like reading my shirt. Um, nice. And even now to like later in my career, having moments where I'm standing on the carpet and like. Simone Missick or Cynthia Erivo or Winston Duke walk up mm. to me. They're like, oh, I just love you so much, girl. Everything that you are doing out here is just amazing. And I'm oh, like, God bless. That's like dope. Cynthia Erivo was like, I watch you all the time. Wow. Like Melina. Ma- <laughs> that might be one of the craziest. Melina Masukas, mm. Queen and Slim director, Beyonce. Yep, yep. Trusted formation director like wow lena said to me she's watching me wow and i saw mm. where she followed me on instagram i was like so does that mean like beyonce sees me or like does <laughs> 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 she ever be like <laughs> do you see this all right, right. <laughs> like, all right showing it to be watching 
good. So like to have those moments of like people who are celebrated for the amazing art they do mm-hmm. love on me and tell me that what I'm doing is amazing and what and what they what they see in me is amazing. Those are moments that like far surpass a lot of the <laughs> I took a, a selfie with this one or that. Like those are the moments where I'm like, oh, you are actually consuming my mm. content. I'm not just here to interview you. You've 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 been you've been engaged with my with what I present, with what I give, you know? Sure. Those are Indeed. cool. Oh, I had a cool moment with Denzel. Wow. Oh, Talk to someone. Yeah. I um <laughs> This was actually a struggle and I have a, I'm going to launch a story time YouTube series because nice. I've had a lot of really cool career moments. Like that time Buster Rhymes gave me a handful of weed in a Toronto nightclub. Yeah. So, like, <laughs> yeah, so I have like, I have Whoa. good stories. Um, so I'm not going to tell the full like story of how it happened because that's also a story. But if you've ever seen Denzel, as in Denzel Washington, I don't think I need to say the last name, but if if you've ever seen Denzel rap Cardi B Bodak Yellow lyrics, that was my content. I did that. I got that. That's crazy. Right. It was one of the coolest moments I ever had because I was just like, you know, I was there to do a specific interview. And in my last question, I was like, should I ask him about Cardi B? Because at that time, she was kind of like, you know, dealing with people not really, uh, I don't want to say not really accepting, but you know, she's loud. She's from the Bronx. Mm-hmm. She's homegrown, but she's yep. famous, hella rich. Very and so she's local. So people were really trying to get <laughs> at that time about right. how she showed up online and how she talked. And I was like, do you have any advice for Cardi B and her newfound fame and how she's going to, he was like, oh, Bodak Yellow, you don't think I know. And he starts rapping and I was like, yes, if you've ever seen that come across your feed, that was uh, a that's, that, that's fire. That's you know prices, I need to be having him memorizing. Yeah, you know, like I have some really dope, you said Juanita, her name is Pauletta. Oh, my bad. No, my, <laughs> so, my bad. You said Juanita. I was like, Juanita. <laughs> Juanita. Paul Letter, you gonna respect the queen. All right. Better respect, better respect Paul Letter oh, Washington. Listen, <laughs> but like moments like that I really love. And it's also like dope knowing as a content creator in the moment that you do have something special. Mm, like absolutely facet reciting Shakespeare. Like that wow. was also me, if you've ever seen that in your feed. Yeah. Wow, um, that's classic classic one of my very first viral like viral 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 moments where it was like whoa that's crazy and everywhere um but I was just I was honestly just trying to get Angela Bassett to do her waiting to exhale monologue mm. where she threw the the car on fire yeah. I was trying to get that because <laughs> I knew that would go viral um <laughs> so I asked her to do a monologue from her career and then Shakespeare and I was sitting there like oh this is good like I was like about to jump out of my chair yeah I know you gotta feel like that that electricity you feel when you like oh yeah that's a moment I got yeah I I didn't sleep before that interview and I got actually Mm. one of the greatest things ever was getting an hour with Angela Bassett like that kind of stuff usually doesn't happen for black publications and Mm -hmm. someone on that a-list Angela Bassett caliber 
Like we get the people, but it's not like how when you see those Vogue stories, like when they be sitting down with Rihanna for a weekend, like yeah. you don't get to, we don't yeah. get that kind of moment. And so those are like, I remember growing up and reading like the Rolling Stones and seeing those like stories where like the writer is describing pulling up into the driveway of so-and-so's mansion. Mm. I was like, yo, those are the kinds of stories that mm. I cannot wait to be able to do. So I hope, you know, as my career develops, as I'm betting on me and getting to do these kind of things that I'm like getting to, to plant seeds to do the kind of like dream, dream stories, dream journalism jobs that I want to do still. For sure. And you, and you will. Yeah. Because you're living in your purpose. That's a fact. Tell the people. <laughs> so our time is almost up but before we leave we I know have... I've been talking to you fools for forever <laughs> <laughs> uh, before you leave we do have a question we ask everybody that comes on our show what drives you Didooch. I see what <laughs> drives the driven I see I get it um, <laughs> a little, little alliteration <laughs> I see does a car come through and like you can hear the sound effects <laughs> put that in for this episode yeah, I would like for my check to be mailed uh, promptly <laughs> <laughs> but that's a great question I do love that because um, I'm always thinking about that and the main thing that drives me are the people who look like me mm. and mm. feel undervalued or feel like they don't matter um black women fat women all kind of like just I, I think even beyond my own demographic but mm. i do have a heart for black big black girls mm. um and so i think about them and i've met a lot and heard a lot of stories from people that message me and things and, and thank me um it's hard to know that they feel so undervalued that they know want to commit suicide or can't mm. move out of, you know get out of bed or or make any type of moves and it's so depressed and see me and I give them some type of hope or I give them some type of of feeling of of movement and I love that I'm that option for them mm -hmm. so it was a lot of pressure <laughs> to to know that um but I think that that knowing that I can help somebody feel like they belong here and that they matter and people care and somebody cares. That is uh, what drives me. For sure. Absolutely. That's I incredible. That Absolutely. Nah, yeah, that was a very heartfelt answer. I was very moved. <laughs> no, I didn't even say that to be funny. I was like, yeah, to be moved. I was very moved. <laughs> yeah, I know. But, cool. but no, Danielle, you're amazing. Um, we look Thank forward to, come, to continue to champion in your platform, champion you. Yeah. And look forward, and we're excited to see all the the milestones that you that you accomplish throughout these next few years. And, burr, 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 burr. You know, <laughs> we're happy that uh you know you you got finally came on the German Society podcast. We appreciate you. You did. So well, I mean, I got y'all. Anytime another apocalypse happens and y'all need me, another, <laughs> I think that's another hundred years. The Spanish flu is nineteen twenty, so oh, that's only another hundred years. This world is set up. We're Actually, gonna bro, don't don't tempt fate because it's kind of it's kind of crazy. Yeah. 
It's gonna be yeah. fire this time though. So I ain't until you see the fires. Oh shit. <laughs> <laughs> you got real cool just now. I'm about to go. I know, right? <laughs> that that it, on that note, books, guys. <laughs> on that note, revelations <laughs> in the back. <laughs> oh lord! All right, but no, thank you guys. We appreciate you. you like, for having me. Yeah, like we always say this time, stay driven. Oh. Stay driven, y'all. <laughs> <laughs>